Zondave, hello, how is everyone doing today? It's been so long since I've done a uh, podcast. Um, this semester has been super busy. Uh, remember how I mentioned in my previous storytelling episode that I was going to be struggling? <laughs> well, uh, yes, I am struggling um, in the sense of reading. The reading load that I have this semester is something that I've never experienced in any semester thus far. And it's crazy because we're in a freaking pandemic. You know what I mean? It's like chill out on the reading you know let's hold back a couple books let's have meaningful conversations but it's been very rushed and I would hate to put out any podcast where um, I was rushing it because that's just not what I do <laughs> and if you guys noticed I have a new um, cover art for the podcast yes that is my moccasins um, I had it up on Facebook or not Facebook I don't have Facebook no more but on Instagram and I had somebody screenshot it and no, it was on Snapchat. I take it back. It was on Snapchat. They screenshotted it and they sent it to me and they said, oh, wow, new cover art, but no new podcast. OK. And I'm like, whoa, uh, I won't even call this person out by name, Alina, <laughs> but uh, she is my loyal listener because she is my niece <laughs> she has to by law and i also want to give a shout out to one of my to my listener up in canada yes from the etikemek nation <laughs> banash atawa no i jokes but um uh hello tabernak <laughs> i think that word is so funny but um to give you guys a quick story of how the semester is going um i'm in survival mode yes i truly am i truly am in in um struggling to get through like i mentioned before but um a lot of the one of the focuses that i have been in would be uh, there's a book that we read by one of my professors and it is an awesome book um, I want to spend time with it a little bit longer than a week because we're only given a week for this book but it is a book on um, the rich Richard Oaks's life by Dr. Kent Blancet and I really love the way he wrote this book um, I really like the way uh, it looks at activism on the grassroots and, you know, not just like jumping into the story, you know, it goes in and, you know, it really does talk about AIM and basically how AIM wasn't the one who initiated this, so to speak. And it really does give make me appreciate um, my resi scholars, you know, my natives who are so academic and it's like, oh my gosh, you guys are so inspirational. Um, especially in class, you know, hearing all the different voices of people talking and, you know, parlaying their thoughts and ideas. It's like, wow, y'all are the real deal. Um, so that's one book. And to give you guys a preview, I am going to be doing another, I guess, a book review or sharing another book. And that one is by, um, I think her name is Brianna Theobald, and it's called Reproduction on the Reservation. And they talk about um, Crow women and um, childbirth, birthing practices, traditional birthing practices, introduction to hospitals and um, the practice of eugenics and uh, Warren coming into the picture. And I'm excited. Um, 
but I, I have a lecture on it tomorrow. Yes. So um, I'm one of the three or four people that's going to be handling discussion. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> and um, yeah, so a lot of I've noticed the theme like I, I've been very cautious with everything that I've been um, not cautious, but mindful of the era that I'm in when in class uh and I, I find it more and more so fascinating um talking about um oh what do you call it the relocation period yes i'm sorry it slipped my mind because i was trying to contact my uncle this morning because i had questions about my grandmother because um she was part of the boarding school era you know she Went to Intermountain Boarding School, which was predominantly Navajo in Brigham City, Utah, before they opened it up to other northern tribes. And um, I had my grandfather, Jerry, go there. My other grandpa, Charlie, um, even my Shoshone mom went there, you know, when they opened it up to other nations. And so, you know, I guess you can say that I have rich history when it comes to boarding school. <laughs> I went to boarding school, too. I went to Chamawa Indian Boarding School in high school for like. A semester and within that one semester oh my god you would have think that I've been there um you would, I would have been there a lifetime because I had such amazing friends that I have met and this year has been tough because you know I lost one of those good friends and you know it really did take me back and remember the relationships that I had built there while I was at Chamawa um so I'm in the era of board of boarding school relocation um because and understanding that not everyone's relationship with boarding school is bad um like my mother you know i had conversations with her and we we're talking about you know her experiences in boarding school like you know she had the time of her life and even my grandmother you know i believe they were all in dorm 13. <laughs> i remember that only because i we've been down there every time we either go to salt lake or provo or even down to arizona from up north we always go through brigham city and my grandmother is always adamant or not my grandmother um, my mom was always adamant on us stopping there and so we drive around the the, the campus which they turned into condos, you know, and they look pretty nice, though. I remember we looked through one condo and I thought to myself, like, this could be pretty spooky. <laughs> I would love to go ghost hunting there um, just just to think, you know, um, what's going to happen <laughs> to catch some spookiness on air. So with that said, um, we can continue on. Um trying to like so like I mentioned before I tried calling my uh, my uncle and I thought of my my grandma and she I think her trade must have been sewing um only because she was a a dope seamstress um she did the uh, my auntie's wedding dresses for her wedding and I remember her sitting in the living room with her sewing machine and she made all the dresses and then on top of that she made all of the the traditional Navajo um, men's shirts for her husband and the groomsmen. And so that's kind of one thing I I thought about. And, you know, she would talk about her life here and there. And, um, you know, 
reading the book uh, Reproduction on the Reservation, you know, one of some of the key characters in that book, they talk about how painful some of that history is to talk about, which is why a lot of it was never spoken of. Um, especially like, of course, shame, you know, cause we all love to shame everyone. That's the only way people think that people will do things. You know what I mean? Um, not that it's right, but so I, like I mentioned three times now, um, that that's where I'm at now with my studies. You know, I'm in this era of understanding the relationships, my, the boarding school people and my family had in, um, where does that put me, you know, in my studies? Where where does my story, how do I incorporate that into my story, basically? Of course, it's my family history, for one. Um, but anywho, so beyond that topic for this semester, <laughs> I also have been realizing that um, I've been unlearning a lot. That's kind of like one thing that we ha we never really talk about. We always talk about learning, you know, learning a language, um, you know, learning how to read or learning how to do math or whatever. But one thing that we did differently this semester in class, which I really, really appreciated was we talked about unlearning. And there was an individual, I can't remember who facilitated that lecture that day because in one of my courses, we all have to facilitate lectures. So yeah, um, don't be shy when you're in grad school, you're gonna have to speak. <laughs> um, I believe it may have been, I, that's not important now, but when it came to unlearning, I thought about what have I unlearned? And I feel like, especially going to Haskell, um, Haskell's part of my history, you know, and coming off the reservation, you know, straight from the res, you know, Wind River, you know, sometimes people feel like they know it all, um, especially if they're closer to their culture or speak the language, da 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 da. But there's still certain things such as shame. And that's kind of like one thing I'm trying to unlearn because that has been such a big part of my life when it comes to education or anything in life. You know, it's trying to step away and unlearn that. And that does hold us back in different aspects of our life. And so for me, I never thought I was smart. Um, I never imagined myself going to college to begin with, but here I am um, going, you know, in grad school and, that, that's another story, but, um, but just unlearning that behavior, you know, it's like, okay, Randy, you know what? You are smart. Um, you know what, Randy, you have a lot of things to say and you're very articulate when you want to be. <laughs> so I want to put that out there, um, to become successful in life. And, you know, it's so crazy because we always talk about, you know, especially on Facebook, which is why I'm glad I'm not on Facebook no more. But, you know, people always talk about, oh, I'm humble, you know, oh, in a humble way, this is how I'm going to be, you know, woo, 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 or this is how it was told to me, you know, they get that Tonto Indian talk going. But, you know, I think that is a vital part to um, being a leader or, um, even running any type of a program, facility, whatever, is being able to step back and unlearn those type of behaviors to be an actual leader. 
because too often, you know, a lot of us are like, oh, I know that. I know that. So um, that's one thing I had to step back and unlearn, which was the shame aspect of um, just life as an indigenous person. And the second thing, um, especially in indigenous studies in itself, because you know, Indigenous Studies is an interdisciplinary program where a lot of the classroom setting is very academic. And, um, you know, we always hear the term post-colonization. And when I was an undergrad, I used to scoff at that, like, whatever, you know, that ain't nothing. But <laughs> now that I'm having to look at post-colonialism, um, post-colonialism and post-colonialism because they're two different things. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, by unlearning some of that snobby behavior, I was actually able to listen to it. And I was able to um, to understand that there are different ways of looking at things and not all research is demonized because you know the relationship with indigenous people and research in general is very problematic you know of course because the atrocious histories between um communities with indigenous people and researchers so i feel like it has come to it has come to a point now where for me to be successful for me to for me to move on with my studies, I have to step back and I have to be able and be willing to listen. And I may not agree with it, but just, you know, try to see the silver lining when it comes to research, the research aspect of it. I'm not saying that I'm going to take their word 100%, but what I am saying is I'm not going to scoff at it like I used to, because when I heard post-colonialism, like I mentioned before, in my undergrad years, I'm just like, whatever, that's not even a thing. The colonizers never even left. Therefore, how can we truly, de or how can we, how can there truly be a post-colonial era? You know, but <laughs> uh, sidebar, I always made a joke to my friends back home. Um, to my friend Mardell, <laughs> I told her when I graduate, I'm going to go home and I'm going to sit there and tell everybody when they talk, I know. <laughs> and they're like, oh my gosh. No, but I, <laughs> I think the whole idea of knowledge in itself is beautiful. Um, a lot of people ask me like, what are you going to do after you graduate? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I feel like within academics, I found my place when it comes to you know just learning in general and being able to unfold and unpack the different scenarios in my family the different scenarios in history and my community um and so forth so that's been one thing i've been trying to trying to unlearn too is the the need the expediency of producing something you know that's kind of like once you graduate you're going to come home you're going to do this you're going to do that like there's so much expectations put on me but it's like you know what actually no i'm not i'm not yet yet <laughs> let's reiterate that yet but I feel like when I do get to that point, it'll be beautiful, it'll be organic, it'll be fresh, it'll be awesome. Um, with that said, I'm, 
you know, possibly looking at getting a, a, an additional degree. Who knows? I'm just putting it out there into the universe. Um, yeah, I've I've come to realize that I. <laughs> it's funny because I started working in Wyoming in my early 20s and I was I was I did case plan work for the state of Wyoming and now when I think about it I worked in different departments social welfare departments and I told myself I would never go back to that and here I am um finding myself at the crossword crow crossword the crossroads at the end of my studies where I have to make a choice and when it comes to social welfare I I know in my heart now that that is where it's at for me because that's where a lot of the work that I have done has led me um, you know just working with you know facilitating a craft room at Haskell, school um, working on a grant creating healing the sacred victim advocacy um, being part of the conversations now for the future when it comes to to KU and Haskell some of the work that I'm doing and being in those conversations and in those roles it really does insert me back into the place that I thought I would never go again <laughs> you know I thought okay once I get this degree I'm going to law school or I'm going to get this other um, MLS degree but I'm actually leading a whole different direction and that comes with the territory of unlearning and i feel like with unlearning i'm in a sense becoming patient uh, not for my mcdonald's food no 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 i still demand that <laughs> today no but i feel like i'm becoming patient with myself i'm becoming patient with myself in the sense of not forcing myself to to be done tomorrow you know and not shaming myself for it and not not putting these crazy timelines on myself or you know now it's like you know what you're gonna do this next semester you know let's plan for this let's plan for that enjoy the people you're around and even just having awesome conversations with my friend from the Etikamek Nation you know we've talked for I don't know forever years and it's like holy cow we have really come that far in our life and even with my best friend from Arizona like I have one friend who I've been friends with for like 20 years which is crazy my best friend Johnny and you know having those conversations in her life you know she's a mother she has a home a husband house you know everything and me I'm just over here like oh yeah I'm in school I'm doing this you know our lives are so separate but you know I really do appreciate that you know we don't put those type of stressors on each other and like where we should be or where we think the other should be and so I feel like I'm starting to surround myself around with um, people who are more like-minded like me and um, which you know some people say well that's not good you have to have opposition there's a difference between opposition and toxicity and so for instance oh my god god forbid we had this election oh my goodness <laughs> um, you know, I've been removed from social media by a lot of family, and it does make me sad, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I'm in a place in my life where it is important that I am focused, 
and I cannot have background noise of nonsense of political jargon by anybody, you know? And so, you know, I have a lot of family who are Trump supporters and it's been very hectic even last week, um, being written off by family, you know, and you know, who before election, you know, we had one side of our family just screaming and talking in tongue and you know what I mean? Like make America great again, you know, in the following week, it's all out war, war of words, you know, but each their own. It is what it is at the end of the day. Um, people got hurt. People started deleting one another. It is what it is. Um, and that really does make you question your values. <laughs> I know a lot of people would be like, what is Randy talking about values for? Da, 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 da. He's this way. He's that way. He did this. He said that. But um, yeah, removing that toxicity and reaching out to people, having those conversations, which I'm glad I am doing. Um, I think, like I said, this year, it, <laughs> uh, I, for my birthday this year, um, back I, my birthday was in February, um, pre COVID. And I remember telling everyone, cause I turned 33 and I was like, Oh my God, you know, I was like, this year is about spiritual growth and I'm excited for this year. You know, things are different. You know, at the time I got into grad school. Um, I was super healthy, like I was working out like a crazy person, and I was in a good place. And when I mentioned spiritual growth, <laughs> COVID happened, you know, I nearly lost my mind, um, you know, especially being tested on every avenue of my life. And so you put that all into perspective with academics, it's just like, wow, Randy, 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 you're eating your words that you said on February 4th that this year is about spiritual growth, whatever. Hey, if I could go back to February, I'd slap him and say, hey, go buy some toilet paper and stock up on food. <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess in a sense I was right, but it still is infuriating. But um, I, I, I hope that this podcast... Um, Kind of gives you guys an idea of where I'm at mentally, especially now that next week is the last week of classes. Can you guys believe that? Oh, my God. God forbid I survive fall 2020 semester. Crazy hybrid. No breaks. Classes every freaking week and books, 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 journals, journals, journals. Gosh, uh, <laughs> I am really looking forward to my winter break of doing reviews doing some beadwork and sleeping and walking. I love walking. Um, not looking forward to the cold though, but you know, hopefully it is what it is. But so with that said, I am so appreciative of you guys and I hope that you guys have safe, you guys are safe. Um, I pray that you guys are in good spirits. And so, yeah, Dama Apat Nanasua kind it. Dama Sumtehe Usandagat.